Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in studio today with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Hello. Happy Monday. Happy yes. Monday. Tell me what you've been watching. I'll go first. I watched Bo Burnham's comedy special on Netflix. Is there a recent one? I don't know. I don't know whether it's recent or not, but <laughs> I just saw it popped up and I watched it. And? It's uh, an hour of straight white man humor, so you guys would love it. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I feel categorized. <laughs> no, it was good. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's a little bit 14-year-old boy humor sometimes. Yeah. Some of his stuff is. I don't know. Have you guys watched much of his stuff? Not really. I actually couldn't make it through one that I started. And maybe that's the one I watched. About halfway through, I started zoning out. But he's clearly a very talented person. And he does something in his stand-up comedy that I've never seen anybody else do. He incorporates a ton of music that he's written himself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is really pretty good. He's not totally my humor, but I didn't regret watching it. Well, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. On Saturday night, I finally, for the first time, watched Notting Hill, not even in preparation for our topic huh. today. Right, because we were going to talk about something else. Yeah, but here we are. We're going to talk about rom-coms today. <laughs> in the long history of <laughs> us changing our minds the night before. <laughs> we like to give people something exciting. <laughs> they're like, let's tune in and find out what they're actually going to yeah, talk about. Absolutely. So I'd never seen Notting Hill and watched it. I thought I was going to hate it. I kind of liked it. It was kind oh, of no, a fun movie. Oh, it's a fun movie. Julie Roberts' character is terrible. And the entire time I was screaming at the TV, like, dude, you can do better. You can do better, my man. Because she's like very vapid. She doesn't say much in it. And mm -hmm. then when she does, she's just kind of mean. Yeah, she's a terrible yeah. person. So like was the whole thing that the only reason why he liked her was because she was famous? I was real confused about that. You know, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I'd have to watch it again to give you an authoritative answer on that. Hugh Grant is as fun in it as he is in everything. And so that made the movie for me. We started Four Weddings and a Funeral last night. Oh, I've seen that. It's like Hugh Grant's first big rom-com. Mm. And there's this shot of Hugh Grant with tousled hair, wearing glasses, where I'm like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. That's why Hugh Grant has been in every rom-com. Oh, okay. Which we'll get to later. Okay. Go on. What else have you been And then, uh, you know, Survivor... Which is getting fantastic. Good. Did we find out what their thing is? I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna level with you. I'm not gonna watch it. So they finally. That's. I shame on you. They finally. <laughs> yeah. um, they fair. finally informed the people who were playing the game that they've been sending everybody to this side island as they're getting voted off, and they've now brought those people back in to compete for one of them to get back into the game, and then they sent them back off again. And so we don't know what they're going to continue doing with them. But On the side island, do they get, like, burgers and fries? No. So the side island situation is so interesting because once you get voted off this season, they're putting these people on this island that is desolate and terrible. And it truly is... Some of the complaints people have had over the years is in the early seasons, there was much more of a survivor element. Like people were starving. There was always like somebody passing out. Yeah. They started giving them a lot more food. And I think it's because they were realizing that when everybody's lethargic, they don't strategize. And the game uh -huh. is a lot more exciting if you can get people to be playing this three-dimensional chess. But we've lost sort of that survivor element. And so I think that they've brought this back this season for that purpose. So on the other island, they are starving, they have nothing, and there's a white flag. And if any of them at any time go and raise the flag, they can be taken out of the game. And so far, two people have not been able to hack it. They were there for like three or four days, maybe longer. 
And both of them were just like, I'm done. And they went and raised the flag. Yeah, I would be like 30 seconds in yeah. raising that white flag. Well, and because it's not only are they having to survive this thing and the starvation and elements, but they also have no idea if they have a realistic chance of ever even getting back. And they, they, they don't know what's going to happen. And so they're just like, why are we waiting here? So it's been really fun. And then Veep. I've watched the two episodes of Veep that have aired. I love Veep with every fiber of my being. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a national treasure. A national treasure. She should be queen of the world. She should be. We should move to a global system. I'm and fine. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in charge of all of us. I'd be fine with that. Me too. Okay. Nick, what have you been watching? Uh, in Shit's Creek season two. Mm. Guys, I'm going through it for the first time. First timer. Oh. Yeah. I love the Rose family. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Something that my wife and I pointed out while we were watching is that at first they hated being in Schitt's Creek, but now they're dying to be accepted yeah. in all the different little parts. Like we just met the, the Jazza Gals, the, yes. the, the singing group that, yes. uh, what's Roland's wife's name? Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Jocelyn, that Jocelyn puts together. Does it get better from here? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think the character development in the show is really, really good. And I feel like each season they sort of focus on a different member of the family and kind of show how they're coming into their own. What I like about the show, without spoiling where it ends up, is I thought that the show was going to be one of these things where, like, this rich family finds out that it's better to be poor. Like, I thought that was going to be, like, the weird message of it. And it's very much not. It's sort of this rich family ended up in this situation where they're forced to become closer as a family. And it kind of sucks, but also there are some nice parts about it, and they're constantly discovering what those nice parts are. Mm -hmm. And so I love it. Meg, do you think it gets better from season two? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think season three is probably my favorite. It's really good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for you and a little jealous. Me uh, too. Yeah, it's like one of those shows that you wish you could erase your memory and like yeah. go back and watch it all mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. The other thing I've been watching, and I may stop, but the premise is really funny. It's a show on Netflix called Afterlife. And oh, it's Ricky starring Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Have you guys heard of it before? No. Okay. So he plays like a regular good guy, and then his wife passes away, and he gets pretty depressed suicidal thoughts come into his mind but then he decides that he's going to live every day not caring about a thing so he says whatever he wants to people totally unfiltered the reason i might stop is because it's ricky gervais's shtick you know it's like oh that's what he does at the golden globes that's what he does that's like his whole bit yeah but it's pretty funny quick 20 minute episodes it's really well shot i'll let you know if it's worth doing it it might just be like netflix content that they just put out into the air that's kind of entertaining but his stuff stick with his it. stuff is real hit or miss. It is. Yeah. Did, you, did either of you watch Derek, that show that he did, Derek, where he plays a handicapped man who works at an old folks home? I didn't. super problematic. Yeah. So it was the feel-good comedy, but they tried so hard on the feel-good to the point that they were like shoving it down your throat. It was hard to watch. Mm. Yeah. Hard pass. Yep. Yeah. That's it for me. I think I need to break up with Barry. Oh, you hmm. finally did it. Which, huh? uh, speaking of, I think we should just do a show about the shows we've broken up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a short list for me. I oh, stick yeah, with you're it the, the worst. <laughs> I'm on season four of Fuller House. You're in some oh, abusive no. relationships. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do group therapy with Eli. Okay. Uh, uh, Barry, I just, it's not clicking for me anymore. It was funny last season. It's not very funny now. It's kind of dramatic. I kind of don't care. Yeah. I'll keep you posted on that. I finished Queer Eye. I've decided I just want Jonathan to have his own grooming show. Yes. Hmm. Uh, That's coming, I'm sure. He is so good at grooming. And talking. Uh, And talking. (laughs) I I just, I need Jonathan to just, 
I just need to meet him once. I need him to tell me I'm gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I need him to just give me like one makeup tip because every makeup tip he offers, I'm like, oh, life changing. Yes, that's. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Uh, So the real star for me is Jonathan. Yeah. I love tan, but like I can dress myself, you know, like I just I think that he should be the runaway star here. Speaking of shows, I wish I could erase my memory and start over and shows that I'm ashamed I haven't praised more on this podcast because it's over now is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I just watched the series finale. That show is so good. Okay. Um, you could 100% start from the beginning and just binge your little heart out. Okay. Uh, it's The premise is she's miserable in her New York job. She's like a high-power lawyer. She runs into this guy she met at summer camp who lives in West Covina, California. She decides to move to West Covina to be with this guy who has a girlfriend, which is a crazy person move. But it's about the life she builds there. And in between it all, she performs musical numbers in her head. Okay. So each episode has one or two really funny musical numbers that's like her processing things. And they do a lot with mental illness. Um, it gets kind of dark at times. It's always really funny. The supporting characters are just as funny as she is, if not more so. Cannot recommend the show enough. I've asked you this so many times, but where can I watch it? CW. So how do I watch that? There's an app. You have a streaming device mm-hmm. on your TV. You can download the app there or you can download it on your phone. Okay. Or you, I think you can just use your laptop and go to the CW.com. Okay. Really love it. And finally, I have started listening to The Daily, which is the New York <gasps> Times. Me too. I just started. Daily podcast. Yeah. Which is really informative and great and bite-sized. Yeah. Um, it's a really good way to get in the news. I'm trying to be on Twitter less because I feel like Twitter is a little toxic. <laughs> and that's where I've been getting most of my news for the last few years. Yeah. And I like the daily because it's a story. It goes in depth on one story. And then they give you like what you need to know going into the day every day. How long is it? Well, 20 to 40 minutes. Oh, perfect. It's like, a good commute. Yeah. Yeah. Like I listened to it on the way here today. Mm-hmm. It's it's like getting the entire New York Times for the day just downloaded into your brain oh, as nice. you're driving to work. It's perfect. Yeah. So uh, that's it for me. Let's get to why we've gathered today. It's not the Fast and the Furious like we told you it would be last week because mm. uh, some of us had to watch a church meeting for four. Church on TV. Eight hours over the weekend. That took a lot of. Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got nothing out of so it. So we're going to recap General Conference. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got trapped. <laughs> this was Satan switch. Trap. Eli, your thought. Uh, no, we're going to talk about romantic comedies today. Uh, our favorites and some aspects about romantic comedies that we need to cover. So I'm going to start with my favorite romantic comedy, About Time. Have you seen About Time? No. Several times. About Time is a perfect film. Who's in it? Uh, Domhnall Gleeson. Domhnall Gleeson. I can never say his name. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Regina George. And uh, Bill Nye. The the British Bill Nye. The good one. It is so surprisingly good. The premise is this young kid, everyone, every man in his family has had the ability to time travel. Hmm. So they can go back in time and redo things. And it's about him falling in love and using that time travel to win this girl over and then their life 
And I'm making it sound very dumb and simplistic, but it is nuanced. It's really funny. It's really sharp. It's really moving. I laughed. I cried. I cannot get enough of About Time. Hmm. If you were to say to me, let's stop this podcast and watch About Time right now, I would 100% do it. Call her on it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> it's not streaming anywhere, though. It's on HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Eli, what's your favorite? My favorite, and this is one of my top five favorite movies of all time, and I used to not tell people this because I was too embarrassed. And then about two years ago, I was like, why am I embarrassed? This is a phenomenal film. I could watch You've Got Mail every day for my entire life and never get sick of it. It's wonderful. I don't care what anybody says. That is a wonderfully written film. It's a fantastic story. The people in it, Parker Posey's in it, for heaven's sakes. Like, this is just a great film. Parker Posey is the star of that movie. Parker Posey is yeah. the star of that movie. She is Every very line good. she so says good. is so funny. She is very good in that. Ultra Dorm? Yes. And I will tell you, there are two scenes that I think about at least once a week. The first is when they're in the cafe and she tells Joe Fox, I have the entire movie memorized. But it's when she's talking to Joe Fox in the cafe and she's getting really upset with him and she says, you've deluded yourself into thinking you're some kind of benefactor bringing books to the masses. But let me tell you something. No one will remember you, Joe Fox. and Maybe no one will remember me either, but plenty of people remember my mother and they think she was fine and they think her store was something <laughs> special. You are nothing but a suit. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Preach! Give me more of that! <laughs> I could do the entire movie from beginning to end. I'm not kidding. Spin-off podcast. And then the other scene that I think about all the time is when he comes to visit her at the end after her business has been shut down, and he says it wasn't personal, and she's like, what does that mean it's not personal? All that means is it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me, and it was personal to a lot of people. And what's wrong with being personal in the first place? Whatever anything is, it ought to begin by at least being personal. Mm -hmm. I think about that constantly in like my job and whatever yeah. I do. Like, OK, everything I do is personal to some people, even if it's not to me. So how does that change, you know, what I want to do or, or think or whatever? I got real upset with woke Twitter last year. Oh, no. What'd they do this? Woke Twitter got real mad about You've Got Mail all of a what? sudden last Why? year. Because it about? perpetuates abusive relationships because this man tanked her business and then went and got her anyway. I hate Twitter. I know. Anyway, get off woke Twitter. I spent a good portion of a day tweeting at people angry things <laughs> about You've Got Mail. I was just like, no, this is a wonderful film and we would all be lucky to be in that relationship on either side oh my of gosh. it. The end. How hard do you cry? Don't cry, shop girl. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. When he calls his dog. Oh, wait, oh, I just come can't. On. I cannot. <laughs> I am happily married, but no man will ever compare to Tom Hanks at the end of You've Got Mail, calling his golden retriever in the park, <laughs> waiting for shop girl. And then she says, I wanted it to be you. No. I wanted it to be you so badly. I can't. I can't. <laughs> All right. That's mine. What's your favorite? Okay. My favorite. Some people don't classify it as one, but I Silver Linings Playbook is my favorite romantic comedy. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that pick because I don't know I'd call it a romantic comedy. You don't think so? What would you call it, Meg? Uh, I think it's a dark comedy. Really? Yeah. Dramedy. A dark dramedy. Yeah. Is it because of the mental illness stuff? Yeah. What is a romantic comedy then? I think a romantic comedy is a little more lighthearted. Okay. Uh, chick flick. Hmm. Okay. I don't know that I call Silver Lang's play. All right. I'll switch. No, no, no. Let's hear it. Okay. All right. You have two people, both very... Troubled. Mm -hmm. Both very troubled. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, who, by the way, this was Jennifer Lawrence's peak. Mm, she, yeah. She's on the downhill. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, she's still young. 
She could Meryl it. Mm, I don't see it. Meryl Meryl didn't take a downswing, though. That's true. Meryl just always climbs. I don't know. She had a stretch there where she didn't really do anything. Careful. Okay. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about the Iron Lady? I love the Iron I'm Lady. I'm ready to talk Iron no, Lady. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Nobody loves Iron Lady. I love that movie. I watched it like 20 times. That's impossible. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, anyway. Okay. So two troubled individuals, both struggling with mental illnesses, and both at interesting points in their life. A really obscure topic that integrates sports and her personal interests I've never seen something as creative as that. And like the way that they end up together, I think it's one of the most creative things I've seen in a movie Mm. of this genre. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes you think a little bit further about like what kind of ideas people that struggle with those things have and Mm. how they view the world and how they view relationships and what's toxic about it, what's great about it. I've seen the movie probably over 50 times and I catch something different every single time. I think Robert De Niro is great in it. I think Jackie Weaver is amazing in it. And it's... Jennifer Lawrence's best movie. It's Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Have you not seen Silver Lake? No, I have. I was just trying to remember who the guy was. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. I mean, it's a great movie. You don't think it's funny? I think it's funny, but I watch a rom-com to just feel really good. And I don't feel really good. You don't feel good after? I'm stressed. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Like Uh, the dance scene? You didn't get a kick out of that? I didn't get a kick out of it, but I'm still worried about them when the movie ends. I finish You've Got Mail, and I'm like, well, that's happily ever after. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So we each picked two favorites. I'm going to start with my second. While You Were Sleeping. Great Uh, flick. Great flick. Which I think... Might be the best one of all time. Speed started Sandra Bullock's career, but this showed us who Sandra Bullock could be. Yeah. It is such a good movie. Yeah. I think... Shout out to Joe Jr. Oh, Joe Jr. with his Trans Am. <laughs> and his hockey ticket. And loves black underwears. <laughs> Were you trying on my shoes? <laughs> the world that she lives in, this family that she finds herself a part of, are so deeply lovable. It's like being mm-hmm. wrapped in a warm blanket. It's it kind of like Shit's Creek. You're like, yeah. I just love this world. Yes. What's great about it, too, is that it does a great job of showing how sucky her life was. Yes, Before. how lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was raised by her father who recently passed away. She's a Chicago transit worker, lives in a crappy apartment. Landlord's son constantly wants to hit on her. Mm-hmm. She saves a man on the subway platform who's pushed onto the track. She saves him, takes him to the hospital. Well, she goes with him to the hospital, and they say, only family. And somehow the it's nurse, like the, the nurse, nurse assumes that she's she's the fiance fiance because she overhears her say, I was going to marry him. She has a huge crush on yeah. this guy that yeah. she's saved. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it's her fiance. And then she's introduced to his family as her fiance, which checks out for them because they don't really have contact with their rich, snobby son who is now in a coma. And so they adopt her. And the family's a hot mess. And hot so she mess, can't get a, a word in edgewise. A delightful <laughs> hot mess. Yeah. And so she's, like, trying to tell them, like, she's not actually fiancé, but the grandma has a heart condition, so she can't because it will kill her. And she's just, like, <laughs> it just gets, like, more and more complicated. It's one of these movies where normally a lot of movies that have that kind of plot are just frustrating to watch. But they're so sweet. But this one, I'm just like, don't ever tell them. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Just let this but happen. But then there's super hunky Bill Pullman brother. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's just it's a delightful, wonderful, surprising rom-com. I think Sandra Bullock, that was when we were like, oh, this girl's something special. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
I think that might be one of the best of all time. Easy. And mm-hmm. it's classic 90s rom-com, too. For sure. Which was a special breed of yeah. rom-com. Yeah. Eli, what's your other favorite? I, I'll talk about my other favorite, but real quick, I just want to do a shout out because I don't think any of us mentioned Return to Me. Oh, also which is oh, that's up a there. similar yeah. genre to uh, while, while you were while sleeping, sleeping, I think, like in a very similar vibe where the, the family characters are just like so fun and delightful. Yeah. That movie is really fantastic as well. And I could watch that one over and over again. The second one I put on my list and I put it on my list because I think that it did something really, really strange to rom-coms. And it was 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. I was in law school when it came out and I remember watching it and the movie just stuck with me for weeks. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I would classify it as a rom-com, would you? Yeah, it's on the fringe. We've talked about it on this podcast before a little bit. It was sort of the movie that took rom-coms and made them grittier. Yeah. Or like a little bit more realistic. And they the the premise of the movie, they like open it up by saying this is not a love story. That's what the narrator says. Like, this is going to turn out badly. You've been warned up front. Yeah. But then you end up watching this whole movie that feels like a rom-com. And it's so clever. I think it's really interesting how they played with the time issue and jumped back and forth in the plot. And to be able to do that and tell a story not chronologically, but still have it make sense and still make the viewer feel like they know what's going on and that they're getting this character development is really impressive. It seems like there were a lot of movies after that that sort of were affected or influenced by this darker vibe that came from this thing. Yeah. But it is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen and certainly one of my favorite rom-coms. I think it started a movement within Mm -hmm. romantic comedies that they weren't all going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they don't end up together. And I do think it showed some realistic aspects of relationships that hadn't before been portrayed in romantic comedies, like where they're going to a party and he has an expectation of how it's going to go. And that's side by side with that the reality. That scene is killer. Which with has, Regina Spector playing yeah. in the background. We've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's happened to every single person who's ever dated. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, they get it. Yeah. They understand how relationships actually work. Yeah. One of the most interesting things about the movie to me is you have these two characters. There's the woman who never really can get herself to be into this relationship or even call it a relationship. And this guy who's totally infatuated and super frustrated that he's trying to be this good boyfriend and she's not interested. And I've watched this movie so many times in my life. And at various times, I've related with different characters. Mm -hmm. And the first time I saw it, I remember kind of siding with her and just like, yeah, he needs to back off like she's doing what she can. And then later on, I was like in a relationship where I felt a little bit more like him. And I was like, yeah, she's being terrible to him. You know, and it's so interesting. And I remember when everybody saw it, there was like this big debate that happened. that Everybody was like, well, which of the characters was bad and which was good? I don't think either. Of them I agree. Bad yeah. Or good. yeah. It's just relationships. Yeah. Right? It was just. But the relationship looked so real because they did such a good job at portraying what real relationships look like, which you don't always get in a romantic comedy. You very rarely have somebody wiping your tears and calling you shop girl in a park while right. <laughs> yeah. somewhere over the rainbow plays and the dog runs around you. And you, you. just worship yeah. each other. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's normally not that. And so I think that that was a really fun movie for that reason. Well, listen, it was an important movie for people to see. Kind of what we talked about is that like that's how relationships are. There's a scene at the end of the movie that I think is super powerful that she ends up getting, spoiler for those who haven't seen it, she ends up getting engaged and he's kind of trying to find out what was it. And she was it was what... He had that you didn't. That was it. It was. Yeah. That's just. It doesn't click for everybody. There's a lid for every pot and you're not always going to be that person's lid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I made a mistake 
in saying that it was the first where they don't end up together. That actually is my best friend's wedding, oh. which said that was the first rom-com right. where the girl doesn't get the guy. That's a good movie. It's a really great movie. I just listened to the Rewatchables uh, Ringer podcast on my best friend's wedding and forgot how great that movie really is. Yeah. But yeah, she that's the first time you're like, oh, wow. Didn't work out. And then there's mm-hmm. a debate between should they have ended up together or should they not have? And mm-hmm. I think that adds an element of fun to yeah. a rom-com. Nick? Speaking of weird endings, Spanglish is my other favorite I've never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Just to lay it out for you. Okay. <laughs> so Adam Sandler and his family. You had me at Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So, <laughs> so, right. So, it's first of all, it's a really cool career turn for him because he doesn't do movies like this very much, but he's so good in it. And he lives in this... Really nice neighborhood in California, but the movie centers around a mom and her daughter. And the premise of it is that she's trying to get into Princeton. So she narrates the whole movie, and it's her admissions letter, and it's her essay to the Princeton Admissions Board. And it talks about their journey from going to Mexico to California and kind of being put into a mini California until they get thrown into white America Mm. because her mom is like a nanny. Housekeeper. Housekeeper, yeah, for this family. And Adam Sandler plays a five-star chef who's considered best chef in America in the movie. But it shows how terrible his marriage is. Tia Leone. Tia Leone. Madam Secretary How have I not seen this? Yeah. My girl. She's really good playing a horrible wife. And she's really judgmental about her kids. But there are really funny role players like her mom is in it who's a drunk who drinks bottles of Chardonnay at 8 in the morning. And Mm. the mom and Adam Sandler end up being really attracted to each other. But it ends very open-ended. Wouldn't you agree, Meg? You don't really know how it goes after that because you think that they're supposed to be together, but then it just, like, they just go their separate ways. And you never really know what happens. Which, again, is a little more like actual life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But don't cry shop, girl. uh, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But (laughs) unfortunately, um, the the movie has awesome cooking scenes, too, which is... You love cooking scenes. Oh, my gosh. If you've seen the movie Chef with Jon Favreau, like, the movie's not that great, but he has these scenes where he prepares, like, a grilled cheese sandwich with Gruyere and all this (laughs) awesome... And I'm just, oh, I just want to eat it. But anyways... Binging with Babish, that YouTube channel, he does the fried eggs yeah. that's on Spanglish. <laughs> he calls it the greatest sandwich ever. And a, it's a beautiful anyway, sandwich. Yeah. Cool. A question for you guys. Were the 90s the time for rom-coms? Like, are they still good now? I like, think they're different now. For the better? If Crazy Rich Asians is what we have now, then yeah, the 90s were a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the thing about Crazy Rich Asians is that it was hearkening back to a prior rom-com era when mm-hmm. we've adjusted our expectations to be the rom-coms we're getting now. I'm telling you, if they released You've Got Mail today, I would have loved it today. Okay, so that's one of yeah. the topics I want to discuss here. Who are the rom-com all-stars? I think Nora Ephron is at the top For of that sure. list. For sure. 100%. She brought us the greatest rom-coms. Yes. She did You've Got Mail. She did Sleepless, Sleepless, in, Sleepless in, Seattle. in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freaking all-star. Yeah. yeah. And I think if she were still around today, may she rest in peace, we'd still be getting great Nora Ephron. She yeah. did Julia and Julia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, as far as actors are concerned, is a rom-com all-star. But she, all, she never plays like a straight-up good guy in rom-coms. So Pretty Woman. Is Still Magnolias a rom-com? No. No, but we should do a show on Still Yeah, I, I would do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the white version and the black version. I've seen There's both. a black version? What? Yes. And it's like... Almost an identical script. Oh my gosh, word for we word. are doing that show. <laughs> it has the Mrs. Huxtable from the Cosby yes! show in it and Queen Latifah. Yes! 
Yeah, no, you got to watch it. It's it's Hey, we're doing that. Cool. No. Um, I put Hugh Grant. Yeah. Because, like I said, you watch four weddings and a funeral. You only need to watch like 15 yeah. minutes. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is what Hugh Grant has had the career that he has had because he is a mess. Yeah. A mess that you want to like just pick up and fix and yep. carry around with you for the rest oh, of your life. Music and lyrics. Music and lyrics. Oh, such, a such a good movie. That movie is underrated. And that movie is underrated. And Drew Barrymore is underrated. I think Drew Barrymore is one of the best actors I think alive today. Her best performance. No, oh. her best performance is Grey Gardens. Have oh, you I haven't seen, seen that. Haven't seen that you one. guys make that a priority. It is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And it, Drew Barrymore blew my mind in it because she plays this very crazy person. Anyway, it's not the documentary. No, it's a movie about the people in the documentary. Oh, wow. Okay. So she, Drew Barrymore plays the daughter of the crazy mom daughter situation. It is mind blowingly good. Anyway, music and lyrics, fantastic. Bridget Jones Diary. He's great in that. He's Mm -hmm. a villain in that. Really good. Two Weeks Notice. Mm -hmm. Again, Sandra Bullock. He's great in that. I think he's one of the rom-com greats. He is. Meg Ryan is obviously. Meg Ryan, Ryan, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is obviously a. If there was right. a Mount Rushmore for rom-coms, mm-hmm. I, I say Meg Ryan's up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For well, sure. that's the only career she had. Right. Right? Yeah. She's not good in what dramatic performance. What happened to her? She was bad in the Doors movie. She was bad in Courage Under Fire. If you've ever seen Courage <laughs> uh-uh. Under Fire, that is a garbage movie, and her <laughs> accent is terrible. She got plastic surgery. Yeah. She, like, messed that's with her bad. face. Which she had a perfect face. She was awesome. She was so good. I will say, I watched some interviews with her, and... Nora Ephron did her a lot of favors in her writing. Yeah. Nora Ephron created a very witty yeah. Meg Ryan when I don't actually think Meg Ryan is that clever in real life. Maybe that's an unfair judgment. But that's yeah. the impression that I got. Hmm. I'm going to say Nancy Myers. Who's that? She is father of the bride. <gasps> oh, It's complicated. Father of the bride. Those are great films. Oh, so good. So I don't know if they're up there with writing and, you know, but I do think, again, it creates this world. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Not technically a great movie, but I, I liked it. I like sitting and watching that movie just so I can pretend I live in that house for yeah. two hours. In that kitchen. Like, I just think rom-coms should just make you feel. Yeah happy and settled and yeah. i think that's what nancy meyer films do okay. any other rom-com all-stars i think sandra bullock yeah she's mm-hmm. up there sandra bullock plays very likable characters Absolutely. very well there's no besides tom hanks is there a guy that's like a constant theme and hugh grant hugh grant uh matthew mcconaughey ah uh, but his are cheap yeah but he's in a lot of them <sighs> trash those are trash movies. The wedding failure to launch and the wedding uh, planner is a the trash wedding movie. planner and what's the other one? How to lose with, a guy with, in yes. ten days, uh. which I actually love. Oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> the Isadora. <laughs> it's pretty great. Mm. I mean, it sucks. Yes, it's a trash movie. But if you said again, let's all watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days right now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I am doing that with you. What makes a good rom com? Okay. They have to have funny friends yes. or side characters that pop in. And they like got to have body like, hunt. Yeah. I think yeah. that the side characters make the rom-com. I think that Parker Posey and Steve Zahn yeah. and the nanny in You've Got Mel make it. I think the paper boy in While You Were Sleeping yeah. makes the movie. Crashing into the, yeah. <laughs> it's attention to details and the lives of the other people in the rom-com that matter, mm-hmm. which is maybe why How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days isn't as successful. No. Hmm. They're only there to serve the main characters. Yeah. 
when they should have their own internal lives. Who's the best side character in the history of? Dave Chappelle and You've Got Mail is pretty great. He's pretty great. He's great. And Parker Posey, obviously. I think Bonnie Hunt in Return to Me is fantastic. Oh, she's... Oh, and her I mean, who, does not, who doesn't too. want her to be in their life after watching that movie? Absolutely. Like, we all need a Bonnie Hunt. Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, the husband. I forget yeah, that guy's name. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Jim Belushi, Suda. right? Yeah. Jim yeah. Belushi, yeah. yeah. The dad in About Time. Okay. When he goes back... Oh, I can't. I'm oh, going to cry. I can't even talk about it. Me. I can't talk about it. It wrecks me every time I watch it. I'm going to have to watch this movie now. It's good. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Rosie O'Donnell uh, in... Um, oh, While You Were Sleeping. Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle, yeah. She's great. She is great in She's that. She's really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy, Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, I still kind of like her. Me too. <laughs> I like that she's fighting with Donald Trump on Twitter. <laughs> I'm here for that. She did the Alec Baldwin podcast. You know, I listened to it despite Alec Baldwin because he's so annoying in he it. He is annoying. But he interviewed Rosie O'Donnell, and it was one of the best ones that he's done. It was really? so interesting because hmm. he just talks to famous people about how their careers got to where they are. Yeah. She was really fascinating. Anyway. Hmm. Any insight we should know about? No, just go listen to it. Okay. Yeah, okay. just go listen to it. I think those are mostly all-stars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I feel like I want to watch all of them again. I kind of want a resurgence of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever get the rom-com genre we had before, but yeah. I do feel like we're getting more toward movies that make you feel good. <sighs> That's good. Because it's been a little dark for a while. Mm-hmm. We've been experimental and hipster and weird, and I think we all just want to, like, it. we just want escapism yep, again. for mm-hmm. sure. Anyway, who even knows what we'll be talking about next week? We could tell why you. Don't we, why don't we do shows that we've broken up with? We're, next week, we're Kay. doing shows we've broken up with. We will with. actually stick we're to that because there's no assignment. Right, no, We're yeah. not going to fail to do the assignment. We're, we're bad homework doers, but there's yeah. no homework required here. <laughs> so tune in next week. We're going to be talking about shows we've broken up with. If you're around tomorrow and you're near Provo, come see Eli and I, Badger the Woman oh of Provo's Most Eligible. We will be doing that in the Girls Tell <sighs> All event women <laughs> it's girls we can't call them women we'll get sued <laughs> we'll get sued by warner brothers okay all right thanks everybody <laughs> uh we'll see you next week <laughs>